Satan's Masterpiece, The Marian Apparitions. We are living today when we can actually see with our own eyes the fulfilling of Revelation 16, 13 to 15. Listen carefully. I saw three unclean spirits like frogs coming out of the mouth of the dragon, that is paganism, out of the mouth of the beast, that is Catholicism, and out of the mouth of the false prophet, that is apostate Protestantism. I read on. They are the spirits of devils, working miracles, which go forth unto the kings of the earth and of the whole world to gather them to the battle of that great day of God Almighty. Behold, I come as a thief. Blessed is he that watcheth and keepeth his garments, lest he walk naked and they see his shame. It is my purpose that in this presentation it will become so alarming that it will awaken many of us who are sound asleep. We will discover that Catholicism is becoming so infiltrated with spiritualism that it is now able to make almost every religious organization in this world drunk with the wine of her doctrines. Whether they be pagan, Islamic, Christian, or even godless infidels. And I'm sorry to add, a very large segment of Seventh-day Adventists will abandon their faith and join Babylon. The material I'm about to present is so overwhelming that I must pause here with you for heavenly discernment. So let us pray. Our Heavenly Father, how thankful we are for the Holy Scriptures and the divine guidance found in the spirit of prophecy. We earnestly plead that the Holy Spirit will awaken our understanding of these two inspired writings so that we shall be able to stand unafraid before Satan, his angels, and Rome's theologians so that we may defend the truth without compromise. This is our prayer today. In Christ's name, amen. To begin, there is a scripture that has often puzzled me in which the Lord Jesus Christ declares that it will be extremely difficult to remain faithful in the coming battle for truth. I am reading from Matthew 24, verse 24. There shall arise false Christs and 
false prophets and shall show great signs and wonders insomuch that if it were possible they should deceive the very elect. Now I'm not so much concerned about the false Christ. I think Adventists are pretty well versed in the scripture and know that Jesus Christ will never appear on this earth in his second coming, for we shall meet him in the skies. But I am deeply concerned about those words and false prophets, which will show great signs and wonders. The Apostle Mark states it in these way, words. Matthew, Mark 13, 22 to seduce, if it were possible, even the elect. Evidently, something very supernatural is going to take place in this end time. Recently, one of my listeners of Keep the Faith tapes was listening to one of the tapes on how Catholicism is capturing the Islamics with the apparitions of Virgin Mary. He wrote to me of a book that he had just discovered which would reveal a big surprise as to how these apparitions of Mary were being planned to seduce Seventh-day Adventists. After receiving this letter, I immediately purchased this book and discovered for myself this masterpiece of Satan to invade our church in a way that I had never, never dreamed of. This book is entitled The Thunder of Justice. It is written by two Catholics, Ted and Marine Flynn. The first thing that I noticed was that the foreword in this book was written by the well-known Malachi Martin, a former Jesuit and professor at the Vatican Pontifical Biblical Institute in Rome. You will remember he is the author of the book Keys of This Blood that I talked about some time ago in a tape, The New World Order. Now, the fact that this man wrote the foreword is an endorsement declaring the authenticity of this book, The Thunder of Justice. What really came as a great surprise to me was to discover that the Roman Catholic Church is now presenting a bewitching counterfeit of the very essence of the last day truths that God commissioned Seventh-day Adventists to preach. The vehicle within the Babylonian church, which Satan is using to perform this work, is known as the Marian Movement of Priests, which is composed of over 55,000 priests who are now under the absolute direction of Mary. This reveals 
that spiritualism is now in control within the Church of Rome as prophesied in Revelation 16, verse 14, which we just read. They are the spirits of devils working miracles. The Marian movement is now teaching the very end truths which have been up to this time the peculiar doctrines of the Adventist church. I could hardly believe what my eyes were reading. You see, for years I have studied the writings of Rome, which have been mostly the old pagan traditions of the past. But suddenly, Catholicism has completely changed and is teaching end-time events with descriptions that are not only found, that are only to be found in the spirit of prophecy. But along with these teachings comes the old same pagan error. Now before we explore this book, we must clearly understand God's teaching concerning the state of the dead. Every Bible student knows and understands that Mary, the mother of Jesus, died and was buried a few years after the death of Christ on Calvary. Even our friends the Catholics admit that Mary died and was buried. But there is this vast difference. Rome teaches that she is not dead, but that she is alive today, that she went to heaven, and that she is now appearing all over the world to prepare a people for the second coming of Christ. But we, as Bible students, emphatically disagree. We know that Mary is dead. She is not in heaven. She has returned to dust, unable to think or to act or to perform anything which the Church of Rome teaches that she is now doing. And this belief is based on the written word of God. Permit me to quote just a few Bible texts. I'm turning to John, Job, the 14th chapter, verses 12 to 15. Job understood this. So man lieth down and riseth not till the heavens be no more. Are they here yet, the heavens? Of course they are. And so he says, when man who dies lays down in the grave, they shall not awake nor be raised out of their sleep. Oh, that thou wouldest hide me in the grave, that thou wouldest keep me in secret until thy wrath be past, that thou wouldest appoint me a set time and remember me. If a man die, shall he live again? All the days of my appointed time 
Will I wait till my change come? Thou shalt call, and I will answer thee. I like that. It's so clear. Then the psalmist, David, wrote in 115, 17 of the Psalms, The dead praise not the Lord, neither any that go down into silence. And in chapter 146, verse 4, His breath goeth forth, he returneth to his earth. In that very day his thoughts perish. Then the wisest man that ever lived under the inspiration of God wrote in Ecclesiastes 9, 5, 6, and 10, The living know that they shall die, but the dead know not anything. Neither have they any more a reward, for the memory of them is forgotten. Also their love, their hatred, their envy, is now perished. Neither have they any more a portion forever in anything that is done under the sun. Whatsoever thy hand findeth to do, do it with all thy might, for there is no work, nor device, nor knowledge, nor wisdom in the grave, whether thou goest. And so... It is very plain that God declares that Mary is dead. She is in her grave, awaiting the life giver at his second coming. She is absolutely unable to make any predictions. Mary is not appearing in person anywhere in this world, nor is she performing any miracles as taught by the Roman Church today. But we do believe that these apparitions are taking place, for these so-called miracles are being performed, but they are not being performed by Mary. These apparitions are being produced by an evil angel masquerading as Mary. Keep in mind that Satan is well-versed in the scriptures more than any theologian that has ever lived upon this earth. And now, believe it or not, Satan has also become a student of the spirit of prophecy and is using the very same language of Ellen White in such terms as the little flock, the remnant, and other terminology peculiar to our church. What a tragedy that our church is so asleep that the devil now feels that he is able to bewitch the thinking of a vast number of Adventists by speaking of end-time events in the language that they are used to. Let us begin 
by Mary's description of the coming cataclysmic events, such as the supernatural destruction of this earth by fire from heaven, of earthquakes, of volcano eruptions, of worldwide famine, of pestilence, etc. I am quoting now from page 280. Flames will cast down from heaven which will destroy all sinners and the work of the evil one. Abysses. Now that's a word that Ellen White uses as she describes when mountains are moved out of their place there will be a great abyss. Let me read it now. Flames will be cast down from heaven which will destroy all sinners and the work of the evil one, abysses, mountains, and flaming lava will swallow up entire villages, earthquakes, floods, electrocutions, tempestuous seas, suicides, drugs, and illness of all kinds. On page 353, and I could tell you I could read here for an hour, place after place when she talks about these things, but I'm only bringing you a few. Quote, The ocean will cast its foaming waves over the land. The earth will be turned into a huge graveyard. The bodies of the wicked will cover the face of the earth. The crisis will be sudden, and the punishment will be worldwide. On page 115, the seasons will be altered. You hear a lot about that today already happening, don't we? The earth will produce nothing but bad fruit. <clears throat> the stars will lose their regular motion. Have you read, ever read Sister White describing what will happen when God shakes not only the earth, but the heavens? Listen, she says, the moon will only reflect a faint reddish glow. Water and fire will give the earth's globe convulsions and terrible earthquakes, which will swallow up mountains and cities. Sounds familiar, doesn't it? On page 343, now she really points out something. San Francisco will be swallowed up. Page 344, there will be an end to San Francisco and New York. There will be nobody left. When will it start? Between 1990 and 1990. 99. So, she says we must expect these things soon. Page 341. There will be a third world war involving many nations. Then she names a few. China, Russia, and the United States. A great war. The greatest that has ever been. Many will not survive, only those who accept Christ as king and obey 
God's commandments. Now, these breathtaking descriptions call for an end-time spiritual preparation, and Mary is full of it. On page 9, I read, Mary urges that God's people strive for holiness. Notice that word. Calling for prayer. And as you go through this book, you find time after time that she uses the word pray, 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 three times, just like Ellen White. Calling for prayer, faith, conversion, and fasting, stating that time is short. You also find this on page 27, 28, and 340, and many other places. Such warnings as these you seldom hear today in the new theology preaching within our church. I was so amazed as I read of Mary talking about the coming of the Holy Spirit and of a great sealing of God's people in the latter rain. Unbelievable! On page 309, the Holy Spirit will come as a heavenly dew of grace and of fire, which will renew all the world under his irresistible action of love. The church will open it to live the new era of its great holiness and will shine resplendently with so strong a light that will attract to itself all the nations of the earth. Can I pause here just to mention you? You know that Sister White tells us when the loud cry comes that the whole world will be awakened. And the loud cry comes because of the latter rain of the Holy Spirit. Notice what she says here, Mary. The Holy Spirit will come that the will of the Heavenly Father be accomplished. Page 31. The Holy Spirit will come to establish the glorious reign of Christ, and it will be a reign of grace, of holiness, of love, of justice and peace. Every person will see himself in the burning fire of divine truth. It will be like a judgment in miniature. Notice what this woman is saying, so-called. October 2, 1999, the Blessed Mother said, What will come to pass is something so very great that it will exceed anything that has taken place since the beginning of the world. And we have been told that the latter rain will far outdo what happened in the early rain. Again on page 319, the outpouring of my spirit after the warning occurs will be as great as it was on the first Pentecost. Well, I could go on. Now, I am reading that Mary claims that she is the last day prophetess to the remnant church. That she has been sent of God to give special guidance to his last day church in such knowledge as concerning 
the three angels' messages. I'm reading on page 56. I am the mother of the second advent. I am preparing you for his coming. Page 90. I am the virgin of revelation. <clears throat> and then she tells how she is being sent of God to give the three angels messages. I'm reading page 91. I am opening for you the seal book that the secrets contained in it may be revealed. I have gathered you from all sides and you have been formed by me in order to be ready for the great events which are awaiting you. Only in this way are you able to carry out your important mission. You see, she's talking to these priests now how they are to preach the three angels' messages. Notice now. I continue, page 90. I will bring you the full understanding of sacred scripture. Above all, I will read to you the pages of the last book, which must still come to pass. The battle to which I am calling you is clearly described, and my great victory is foretold. Then on page 100, she quotes word for word the three angels' messages of Revelation 14 and then describes their meaning. I am reading. You have entered into the most painful and difficult phase of the battle between the spirits of good and the spirits of evil between the angels and the demons. It is a terrible struggle which is taking place all around you. And so these are the times when the action of your guardian angels must become still stronger and continuous. Pray to them often. Listen to them. Follow them at every moment. And now... Listen carefully. To the first angel, there befalls the task of making this announcement to all. Quote, Give to God glory and obedience. Praise him because the moment has come when he will judge the world. All the power of Satan will be destroyed. I never thought that Rome would ever preach the three angels' messages. Notice, to the second angel, there befalls the task of making this announcement. Fallen, fallen is Babylon the Great. She has made all the nations drink of the intoxicating wine of her prostitution. Isn't that amazing? But then listen to this. The third angel, there befalls the task of announcing the great chastisement. Anyone who worships the beast and its image and accepts the mark on the forehead or hand will drink the wine of God's wrath. Unbelievable. Never, never could I have possibly imagined a few years ago 
such deceit of its teachings coming from Rome regarding the very essence of the three angels' messages. As the last day prophetess, she also is exposing the great red dragon of Revelation 12. Listen as I read, page 92. The huge red dragon is atheistic communism, which has spread everywhere the error of the denial of the obstinate rejection of God. The huge red dragon is Marxist atheism, which appears with ten horns, namely with the power of its means of communication, in order to lead humanity to disobey the Ten Commandments of God, and with seven heads, upon each of which there is a crown, signs of authority and royalty. The crowned heads indicate the nations in which atheistic communism is established and rules with the force of its political and military power. Now, indeed, this paragraph <clears throat> is a mixture of truth and error. But we know exactly who the dragon is, for the Bible is very explicit. I'll read it. Revelation 12, 9. The great dragon was cast out, that old serpent called the devil and Satan which deceiveth the whole world. He was cast out into the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. Mary goes on to claim that she is the woman of Revelation 12, clothed with the sun, which millions upon millions in this world now believe because of what occurred in the apparition of Fatima. The Fatima story is also recorded in this book in chapter 9 with the details that Malachi Martin wrote in his book, The Keys of This Blood. Perhaps I should just pause here for a moment and tell you a little bit about it. In 1917, on May the 13th, three little children in Fatima, and by the way, some pronounce it Fatima, but I shall pronounce it Fatima. They said that on October the 13th, and they gave the month, they gave the day, and they gave the precise hour. They said that Mary was going to appear in the sky as the woman of Revelation 12. And at the precise time, it was still raining, for it had been raining for three days, three inches of rain had fallen. There were 75,000 people drenched, wet to the skin, waiting to see Mary appear. And at the precise time, these three little children said, look up. And suddenly the clouds parted, and the sun appeared in all of its glory. But it was a different sun. The sun began to spin, 
and then it began to go from one end of the sky to the other, north and south and east and west, and it was spinning off colors that filled the sky and even appeared on the grass and in the clothing which was being worn and on the animals. The people were frightened. And then the sun, after spinning around the heavens, suddenly began to dart straight down toward the earth. It came closer and closer. The people could feel the heat. They felt that they were going to be burned up alive, and they cried, God, save us. And the three little children cried, pray, pray, pray. And immediately the sun stopped its downward plunge and returned to its spot in the heavens. And then another miracle is supposed to have happened. For then a wind began to blow which could not be felt but you could see that it was drying up instantly all the water. The clothing which the people had worn was as if it had just uh, been dried and it was laundried perfectly. Now these are some of the things from the Fatima story that the Church of Rome declares authenticates the words of Mary. On page 99 we read at the end I am seen as the woman clothed with the sun who has the task of fighting against the red dragon and his powerful army to conquer him, to bind him, and to drive him away into his kingdom of death that Christ alone may reign over the world. Behold me. Then, presented by sacred scripture in the splendor of my maternal royalty, then she quotes the scripture. Another sign appeared in the heavens, a woman clothed with the sun, with the moon beneath her feet, and on her head a crown of twelve stars. Now you and I know without a doubt that this woman of Revelation 12 is not Mary. For in reading the scriptures of Jeremiah 6.2, we are told by the Spirit of God that he has likened the daughter of Zion to a comely and delicate woman. And who is this woman of Zion? Isaiah 51, 16 says, Say unto Zion, Thou art my people. So the woman of Revelation 12 represents the true church. And the dragon has persecuted her throughout the ages and will continue to do so until Jesus comes when he puts an end to Satan and his followers. This is what we read in Revelation 12:17. And the dragon was wroth with the woman and went to make war with the remnant of her seed which keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus Christ. Mary boldly talks about the leopard-like beast of Revelation 13. 
Isn't it strange that while the leadership of God's remnant church encourages its ministers to say little, if not anything, in public about the beast of Revelation 13, that the church of Rome now is beginning to preach it and publish it. If there ever was a time when our pastors and evangelists should boldly proclaim the truth of the three angels' messages and the beast of Revelation 13 and the two-horned beast, lamb-like, is today. For I can tell you without a doubt in my mind that the time is just very shortly coming when you will not dare to ever say a word against Mary. For the Protestant churches are going to accept her. What else can they do? For they too believe that when you die, you are not dead, but you go to heaven. Oh, how we should be preaching today the great truths boldly while we still have an opportunity because it will soon be against the law and anyone who dares to preach as I am preaching in this sermon, their very life will be in danger. Again, Mary states on page 93, the seven heads indicate the various Masonic lodges which act everywhere in a subtle and dangerous way. The aims of masonry is not to deny God but to blaspheme him. This is why in these times behind the perverse actions of Freemasonry there are being spread everywhere black masses and satanic cult. Now, if you spend any time at all in studying what's happening to the great system of masonry today, you will find that it has already infiltrated within the hierarchy of Rome. This is known everywhere. I see it in book after book. But look, look listen to what Mary says, page 93. The beast with the two horns, like a lamb, indicates Freemasonry infiltrated into the interior of the church, that is to say, ecclesiastical masonry, which has spread especially among the members of the hierarchy. This Masonic infiltration in the interior of the church was already foretold to you by me at Fatima when I announced to you that Satan would enter in even to the summit of the church. Again, we know from the study of God's word that the leopard-like beast is the papacy, that the two-horned lamb-like beast represents the United States. I must read this paragraph to you. Great controversy. 578, 579. The prophecy of Revelation 13 declares 
that the power represented by the beast with lamb-like horns shall cause the earth and them which dwell therein to worship the beast there symbolized by the beast like unto a leopard the beast with the two horns is also to say to them that dwell on the earth that they should make an image to the beast and furthermore it is to command all both small and great rich and poor free and bond to receive the mark of the beast revelation 13 11 to 16 it has been shown that the united states is the power represented by the beast with the lamb-like horns and that this prophecy will be fulfilled when the United States shall enforce Sunday observance, which Rome claims as the special acknowledgement of her supremacy. Mary further states that this great nation of ours, the United States, and listen to this, I'm reading page 356, will come to know weakness and poverty. And surely you must be sound asleep if you don't already see the road ahead in the next few months as the new world order is trying and will bring the citizens of this country down to the level of the third world power of Mexico. I'm reading on that Mary will boldly speak of the Antichrist. Page 115. Rome will lose the faith and become the seat of the Antichrist. Now that's exactly what the spirit of prophecy tells us. And she tells us that it will come to pass in the last part of this century. Notice page 111. The reign of the Antichrist will reach the peak of its strength, of its power, and its great seduction. The hour is in preparation when the man of iniquity, who wants to put himself in the place of God, to have himself adored as God, is about to manifest himself in all of his power." Unquote. Again, as students of the Bible, we are acquainted with the new world order, as you find in Revelation 17, 12, and 13, in which it states, the ten horns which thou sawest are ten kings, which have received no kingdom as yet, but receive power as kings one hour with the beast. And then these words. These have one mind and shall give their power and strength unto the beast. Now God tells us here that in the coming new world order that there will be composed ten world divisions. And this is exactly what the new world order has already divided the world into. And here the Bible tells us that these ten divisions 
with their leadership will be under the control of the papacy, having one mind. Now notice what Mary says, page 115. The earth will be struck by calamities of all kinds in addition to plagues and famine. There will be a series of wars until the last war, which will then be fought by the ten kings of the Antichrist, all of whom will have one and the same plan and will be the only rulers of the world. Exactly as the spirit of prophecy has told us. Before this comes to pass, there will be a kind of false peace in the world. I want to tell you, it's not far off when the Pope of Rome will enter Jerusalem in Palestine and declare that there is peace between the Arabs and the Jews and that there will be a great peace in this war, in this world. But then watch out. You know, I thought it was extremely interesting that Mary speaks of the Antichrist as Satan, who will soon appear in human form in this world. Page 96. In the following words from our Blessed Mother, she told how Satan has led mankind away from the true church through numerous religious revolutions, revolutions that will continue until Satan, notice now, finally appears in human form. That's what Elder White says, remember? Remember! How Sister White talks about this. Satan, I'm reading volume 5, 698. Satan will bear the appearance of Christ in every particular. Although he was God, yet he was in human form, wasn't he, on this earth? Message to Young People, page 61. Satan will work miracles and marvels in our sight. Fundamental of Christian Education, 471. Disguised as an angel of light, he will walk the earth as a wonder worker. In beautiful language, he will present lofty sentiments. Can you just see him in all of his glory with the nail prints in his hands? And there, in all of his sanctification and glory, preaching the Beatitudes? Of course it will happen. Christ, she says here, will be personified. So well will he counterfeit righteousness that if it were possible, he would deceive the very elect. Then in this book on page 96, I read of the 666. Our Lord also explained why the book of Revelation associates the Antichrist with the number 666. Below are insights into what may be the greatest historical riddle of them all. I'm still reading. In the 13th chapter of the Apocalypse, it is written, This calls for wisdom. Let him who hath understanding 
reckoned the number of the beast. It represents a human name. And the number in question is 666. 666. With intelligence illuminated by the light of divine wisdom, one can succeed in deciphering from the numbers 666 the name of a man and this name indicated by such a number is that of the Antichrist. Isn't that amazing? Here Rome is publishing books and preaching through the Marian movement by thousands and thousands of priests but when a, some independent organization passes out literature today from home to home about the Antichrist, oh, the established church rises up and says, uh-oh, we don't teach like that. These are independents. These are uh, offshoots. When our church should be aroused today and preaching as never before while there's still chance that the word of God can be preached. Under the subtitle, Before 2000, I read these astounding words. Page 105. Mary believes that everything she has been shown or told about will be accomplished before the year 2000. Let's see, that's just about four years off, isn't it? On page 111 are these astounding worlds, words. It is the reign of the Antichrist. In this last part of your century, this reign of his will reach the peak of its strength, of its power, of its great seduction. The hour is in preparation when the man of iniquity, who wants to put himself in the place of God, to have himself adored as God, is about to manifest himself in all of his power." Unquote. Then on page 99, I read Mary declaring, I am the queen of all the church. And this God totally agrees with. For speaking of Babylon in Revelation 18.7, God says that the woman would say, quote, I sit a queen and am no widow. You know, you should read of her description of the sealing. Page 100. All my children will receive and carry the sign of the cross in their foreheads. This sign only my chosen ones will see. Those chosen ones will be instructed by my angels how to conduct themselves. My faithful will be without any kind of fear during the most difficult hours. They will be protected by the good spirits and will be fed by heaven 
from where they will receive further instruction. How familiar that sounds to the voyage to the spirit of prophecy as we're told as the saints are gathered in the secluded spaces that the angels will feed them and will instruct them and protect them. Yes, there is positively no doubt that the devil has studied the writings of Ellen White, the true prophet, where she describes the saints being cared for in the mountains. Well, I could go on and on, but there are still a few more remarkable statements that I must read. Page 288. Satan is using the United States to deceive mankind. Page 302. World conditions will be worse than at the time of the flood. And surely any sane person today, as we look at how little children are being horribly killed, murders everywhere, and all of the crime, what a world. Page 353, St. Peter and St. Paul will be sent from heaven to preach before the end. Now, isn't that interesting? Page 363, Satan will be completely defeated. But now, let me conclude with this surprising quotation of what Mary has said. Page 11. Mary states that in order to establish herself as the last day prophet of authority, she makes this amazing prediction. She will appear, if necessary, in every single household. Are you ready for this to happen in your household? Ellen White has warned us never knowingly, never, to enter the home of a medium. During my evangelistic crusades some years ago, two mediums came to my meetings. They repeatedly urged and begged me to come to their house and study these Bible truths with them. I had no problem. I immediately told them, never. No way would I come to their house. I had been warned by God not to do so. But now, in the end time, Mary states that she is going to come to your home uninvited. Can you think what will happen when she appears someday within your home in the greatest of glory that you have never even imagined? And perhaps she will bring with her Peter and Paul to also confirm what she says and maybe even Satan in human form as the Christ who will tell you that he did change the seventh day Sabbath to the first day Sunday. Can you imagine what it will take to stand up against such power? 
Well, thank God he has given us the answer and never forget it. Faith in Works, page 45. Satan has come down in these last days to work with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish. His satanic majesty works miracles in the sight of false prophets, in the sight of men, claiming that he is indeed Christ himself. Satan gives his power to those who are aiding him in his deceptions. Therefore, those who claim to have the great power of God can only be discerned by the great detector, the law of Jehovah. The Lord tells us if it were possible, they would deceive the very elect. The sheep's clothing seems so real, so genuine, that the wolf can be discerned only as we go to God's great moral standard and there find that they are transgressors of the law of Jehovah. Praise God. He has given us the answer. O oh, Heavenly Father, help us, Lord, to be faithful to Thee and to so know our Bibles and what the spirit of prophecy has revealed that we shall be able to stand faithful in these last days. For we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, if any of you want to order the book, The Thunder of Justice, by Ted and Maureen Flynn, you can send $16 to Moxel, M-O-X-K-O-L, Communications, 109 Executive Drive, Sweet D.